Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guests today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Suzanne Weinstein. She's the president of InSync Consulting and Being in Sync. She's out of San Diego, California, and Suzanne is in the business of relationships and is going to talk to our audience about selfish has a bad rap. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Hello, thank you. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm excited to have you share everything that you've been doing um, with our audience. Um, First of all, can you start off with telling all of um, everybody listening a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Okay. Well, I was in the consulting industry for the last 15 years, and I created Instinct Consulting to help organizations really move through uh, conflict much easier. So my forte initially was around conflict management and really building solid relationships between executives and their teams so they could perform and get better results. And in that process, what I discovered is there was a real gap, and that gap was in them knowing themselves. So my focus with being in sync is really to bridge that gap and how leaders at all levels, no matter what they do for a profession or a job or whether they're a mother we all have the opportunity to know ourselves in a different way. Being in sync is really about knowing who you are, what you are, and how you're serving this world in a in a bigger way. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of companies um, that need help. The do you work with CEOs? Do you work with? I mean, what level of um, people are you working with with in sync? Well, this is quite an interesting twist. My primary clients are usually hyper-analytical, um, mathematicians, doctors, CEOs, CFOs, um, any kind of legal counsel. And one of the most interesting things that people find very surprising, and I find it surprising as well at times, <laughs> is I work a lot with military officers. So admirals, one-star, two-star, three-star admirals, captains, and their staff. And I help them get aligned. And I've worked all over... Hawaii, Japan, um, and so it, as people get aligned and they're meeting their missions, then um, I work at all different levels with the executive staff, and then I work as I work with the staff, and they become more in tune with who they are and how they want to lead differently to get better results. Well, then they will pass that information down the chain, and so really I work with the top echelon. Um, of corporations. And, and so when you're working with the team, uh, the leader is able to then pass down what they've learned and their epiphanies. And oftentimes as they become more vulnerable with their managers, the leadership and the way the team starts to flow is much different than how they were flowing before. Usually when there's any kind of change, there's resistance to that change. And so getting the leaders to really understand and know who they are as a leader, not who they 
think they are, but who they actually are and how they show up with their team is quite an evolution. And it's a courageous act by all leaders through being willing to look at themselves in a different way, have an open heart about who it is they are and how they want to begin to serve um, their organization in a bigger, more profound way, personally and professionally. Right, and them coming to you is putting them, I mean, it, it's really a courageous effort on their part because they're putting themselves into a real vulnerable spot, you know, showing that they need help. Is it them that usually comes to, you know, comes to you for for assistance, or is it somebody else driving that? Um, typically, the people that work with me have sought me out. They've either heard mm-hmm. about me or they've had some type of interaction with me at an event that I've spoken at and or and they've been interested. My approach is quite different in that it's not so much technical where you're thinking about things logically, although I do engage the mind, um, mm-hmm. but it's really about connecting their head and their heart in a different way. And that's a different type of approach than most consultants use. And so Mm -hmm. the work is very experiential in nature, so the results they get are happening much faster. So the people that are coming to me really are in some type of crisis or they're looking to have some change happen quickly. They've tried a myriad of other approaches to no results, and they're really coming to me a lot out of desperation to get things moving um, quicker, easier, faster. Do you find, I mean, if you had to put like a percentage of success rate on how effective your services can can be in a situation like that, can you can you put a number on it, a percentage? Oh, effectiveness of my clients getting yeah. results is a hundred percent. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, but that comes from clarity. A lot of times, people don't really know what it is they want when they're in crisis. They just want out of pain which I can completely relate to. I think we all can relate to whatever the pain is that you're having, whether you're miserable at your job or you're in a fight with your husband or your relationships just aren't working or there's somebody, a coworker at work that just rubs you the wrong way and they're really under your skin. I mean, we've all had those situations, but how do we transcend them? And that's really what I teach my clients is how to transcend what they think things are and really begin to look at them as gifts. And so mm-hmm. results are amazing. Um, they're re- and I have some testimonials up on the website and some case studies, but I have a guarantee of results for the work that I provide. Well, that's that's great. There's so many companies that need help in that regard. Um, do you find that, like, how did you get working with the military? I find that fascinating. How did that happen? <laughs> You know, it's really, I find it fascinating as well. And it's really about being in tune with who you are. I'll be honest with you because I've practiced knowing who I am and what it is I want my entire life. So I, what I teach, what I preach, essentially. So I walk the walk. And I was working at a major organization, SAIC. I was doing training and development. And it just so happened that I had done a project. I was early in my career. And back in those days, you would do the work and somebody else presented your work. And that's just how it went as a woman in, the, in a man's world. And so I had worked very hard on a project. And 
went to go watch somebody present my work, <laughs> and wow. I watched this man, and he was a retired, respected commander in the work, and we worked in the maintenance field, and I was looking at him, and he had beads of sweat just dripping down his bald head and because he wow. didn't know the project. And he excused himself. I said, you, better, you should probably wipe your head off before you do this presentation. And, we, and I kind of giggled with him, and he went to go wipe his head off. And during him going to the restroom to take care of his head, the executive director started talking to me and asked me why I was there and what I had to do with the project, and I told him. And he said, well, I want you to present. I don't want this other guy to present. Wow. And this was a known, difficult customer. And so I presented. I didn't really understand the magnitude of the level that I was presenting at at the time. But I, in the end, I had been presenting to the entire executive staff of this particular command. And mm-hmm. they were very impressed with what I did, and they asked me to come on full time. So that's oh my. how I got started. Was that an aha moment for you? It was really exciting. I mean, it was really exciting to see how doors open and when they open, your willingness to just be able to walk through them. Because I had I had no knowing that I would be working with the military um, at all. And then to work at the level that I work at, it's amazing. And that all started with just being willing to say what I wanted to do. And I wanted to help the people on the lower, um, on the deck plates, if you will, the people doing the work in the Navy. And the admirals really dictate a lot of information that happens to them. The work happens Mm -hmm. to them. They don't really get to say in it. And I said, well, if I really want to influence change, I'm going to have to work at that level. And it took one conversation, and one conversation led to me working with an and my first admiral and his staff, and since then I've worked with several. So it's really just being willing to to know and to walk through an open door. Mm-hmm. And that that was your open door. What what a great story, really. And there's nothing worse that you know watching that that admiral, whatever his his rank was, with beads of sweat. There's nothing worse than presenting something that you didn't originate or you didn't write and that's what he was feeling i find it interesting that they had him present what you you prepared why why did that happen did well in the military and even in contractor and life it's not first of all there's very few women at executive level very few mm-hmm. and it's very common for men who have um put in their time, if you will, and retired, and they've already got the clout of respect because of their their rank. So a commander, captain, or admiral, they get respect just because of the positions that they've held in the past. Um, even now, if, a, if a, somebody is retired, they put their their retired commander as their title. So it really, it really carries a lot of um, legitimacy and in their minds, authentic. So this guy is really the real deal. He can present. Now, most of the time, they're aware that there are people in the background doing the work. And, you know, I don't have any problem. As an executive 
consultants, you are often giving ideas and suggestions and don't get credit for it. So I've always known that everything is there for all of us. And I give advice and people can choose to take it or not. And he saw my product and put it as his own. We all get credit when we do good work. I have no right. no worries about people being recognized for my work. I, it stands right. on its own. Well, that that's a, a, a good, um, I think, just remembering that, that you can, as long as you're helping others, and even if they're, you know, if you've uplifted them, then you're getting uplift, uplifted in return, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Being in service to the higher good of yourself and others really is a huge pivoting point for success. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I agree. I was reading about you, Suzanne, and you mentioned your mother's influence in your life. And mm-hmm. um can you can you tell our audience a little bit about that and what um what did she teach you if you can do that and you know in a few minutes. I know that that's a big question, but can you talk talk a little bit more about that? Oh, sure. Well, my mother is um obviously one of the most influential people in my life. And uh, she's, she's a great, strong, independent woman. I mean, she started her corporation back when women weren't really in the workforce as much as they are now. So she mm-hmm. was really a groundbreaker and set a good example of, you know, knowing what you do and doing what you know. And one of the things that she always told me, and it's stayed with me for years, is the only limits that we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. And Mm -hmm. really it becomes important for us to realize how limiting we can be at times. And I often comes up in conversations with my clients, are you you fighting for your limitations right now? And that's a great question for people to ask themselves because we really limit our possibilities by being narrow and focused. And we need to take those those boundaries off ourselves and just really lift ourselves up with possibilities. So, you know, I can't thank my mother enough. That's a huge lesson to learn about limitations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have started my company as early as I did probably had I not seen it modeled for me. Right, right. How how um, old were you? I mean, I don't want to get into age. I know no one wants to, but how old were you for our listeners that you started the consulting? I I started at 30, and I was Mm -hmm. told that I was too young. I didn't have enough education, even though I had my master's, and I was told that um, I didn't have enough experience by another woman who actually came and applied for a job for me. So... (sighs) That was really a talk about aha moments. I've got the chills just thinking about her. I was really like, the universe really does some funny things. They're a funny group up there. (laughs) I know, especially us women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I just was like, I, I just did it. And the first customer I had saw a problem, and I asked the executive director at a nonprofit, I said, hey, you really need my help. You're losing a ton of money. I believe in your philosophy. I believe in your organization. And it really bothers me that I'm volunteering and donating money, and I see how much money you're losing because you don't have the right things in place. 
And I worked with that executive, I won't say the nonprofit, for over a year. And so, you know, you open the door, you have the idea, and you just allow things to start to flow. And it's much easier than working super hard for things. I agree entirely. I, and you just do it. It sounds like you just you just went for it, and it worked I for did. you. I <laughs> did. Yeah. It, it, didn't, well, it didn't happen much faster than I expected, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and if you wouldn't have taken that leap of faith, Suzanne, then, then that, you know, who knows what would have happened. So you took that leap of faith at that time, and you were young, but you weren't too young to share what you already knew, right? No. I mean, wisdom is inside of us. We just need mm-hmm. to be willing to share. Right. Exactly. And I think that opens up a whole world to all of us. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do here. So we can share, like you can share your story to other women. And, and especially I have a, I have a young daughter to, to have hope that they, you know, they can find their, it doesn't have to be one career. It can be a multitude of things. Um, let me ask you this. So, um, this is always on my mind because I, I kind of chose a safe career path early on. So would a lot of women do, they, they choose a, a safe career and then they get a little older and wiser and adopting a path of living out their passion. Would you advise young women to pursue their passion, passions first or to take the safe route first? I think the idea of safety has changed over the years and, what used to be safe could equal now miserable. So um, I always say follow your heart, not so much your passion, because I'm passionate about a lot of things. But when I follow my heart, I've never been led astray, not one time. You always know when you follow your heart. And I think the work that I've been doing over the years is really helping people connect their head and their heart. So I say follow your heart always. And and passion, I'm not passionate about administrative work, but it's part of the job. We have to do some, mm-hmm. right? So right. how do you make those things that aren't so passionate um, and and reframe them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree entirely. Um, in general, do you think women are being given, you know, in this time period, equal opportunities as men in the consulting world? Heck No. Um, I'm trying to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> no way. No. I mean, I still to this day will have executives that will make judgments based on the amount of money I charge or don't charge. In fact, when early on in my career, I mean, my first, one of my first admirals that I worked with, he laughed at my pricing. And let me tell you, my pricing, I had doubled for this proposal and he laughed at it because the men were billing extraordinarily more and not delivering any results. Wow. So, unfortunately, do I think it's changed slightly? Uh, not much. I don't think it's happened much. I think women have gotten more bold mm-hmm. in what they're doing, which is I love bold and beautiful. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But I still don't see women having the same um, pay and credibility. If there was more women in the executive rooms, I would say maybe things have changed. We're still not where we could be. No, I I agree with you there too as well. But I, I think when women start to really know who they are, and I think this is where the real issue 
when you talk about executive level um, women is that they they're still trying to prove themselves over and over and over again, and they're that's really not being their most authentic self when you're in competition. It's actually a limiting perspective when you're competing with others. That means that there's not enough. And I know that's an idea that a lot of people may struggle with, but when you're in competition with others, that's really, and you think there's not enough for everybody, you're not serving a greater whole. Right. And you really can restrict yourself in what you're saying, what you're thinking, and your perspective when you're in a competition. And so I would say, women, stop trying to prove your worth and start knowing your worth, which is different. You don't think you're worthy. You know you're worthy. Right. No, I agree. Women, once, you know, the competitiveness comes out, you know, that's when the claws come out, and, and it's impeding the whole progress. You know, any kind of progress that you're trying to make. And and really lifting another woman up, you know, is, is going to lift up you as well. So, um, yeah, that, you know, we're women and women are in, in the workplace, in my experience, women are really the worst, you know. And, and I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to change that. You know, it's it's something that I've noticed. I know that if I change my attitude, and it sounds like you have a terrific attitude when it comes to that approach and working with other women, whether, you know, um, I think hopefully they, you know, leading by example. Mm-hmm. I think compassion is underrated mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> and that, I mean, usually when I meet women executives and they're being directed to work with me, and they're not happy about a younger woman giving them advice, and who is she to tell me what to do? I really come with a lot of compassion for that that perspective because it's, it's really not a pleasant place for them to be. I can't imagine living in their skin. And so it's not that I feel sorry for them. It's just that I feel a lot of compassion for them. And when they begin to open their hearts to other people, and you're right, lifting others up, it's as simple as really authentically wishing somebody well. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of women don't wish each other well. So, I mean, you could go right. on and on about that. But, <laughs> yeah. I know that could be a whole nother show. And and so I've tried in my life, um, and I think it took me a little bit too long to um, to cover that, is that, you know, I wish the best for other women that I'm with. I'm not, I don't want to compete with them. And it, and I love what you do out there, and you get to do it in a professional way, which is just terrific, terrific. Um, can you um, can you tell our um, listeners how to get in touch with you? Yes, uh, beinginsync.com. That's B-E-I-N-G-I-N-S-Y-N-C.com. I'm just launching it this next month, and I'm super excited. And it's got a little video on there about what being in sync is to me. And you've heard a little bit about my approach. It's quite different than, I would say, the average consultant out there. But being in sync is really, I have an online class about how to get to being in sync in an accelerated program that's Mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal. So I'm launching that this next month. So if any of your callers are interested in that, I'll give them a discounted um, rate if they shoot me an email on there and 
no problem with that. We want more women to be in sync with who they are and in their life and be in flow. Yeah, I love that. I can't wait for it to come out. And you said in about in about a month or so? I'm launching February 1st, officially. It's live now. Okay. Officially, um, I'm doing an official launch on February 1st just because it's the beginning, a new beginning, and I want it to be on the 1st of the February, the month of love and opening your heart. <laughs> I just think it was uh, perfect timing. I love that. I didn't put two and two together, but, you know, we have a couple more minutes. Did you want to talk more about being in sync? Um, we touched on a little to. bit. Yeah, please. Go I ahead. would love to because just a little bit about selfish having a bad rap, too, is that often women feel a lot of guilt when they start to put themselves first and to take care of their own needs. And it's really not my way or the highway kind of putting yourself first. It's getting in touch with your true self and what's in your highest and best good. Instead of doing things out of obligation, which mm-hmm. eventually is uh, resentment and anger, and we want to just get rid of all of that, which is letting go. And that's something that I do in the first week. I teach people an actual process and how they can let go of the baggage that they've been carrying for years. And even things that they may not even be aware of that will come up mm-hmm. that will be released. It's quite phenomenal. I think a lot of us could benefit from that kind of exercise. That's that's terrific. We you know, that's how we run and, and, and lead our lives is is from leftover baggage sometimes. And um, well, now you're launching this. Is this, um, just so I'm understanding and our listeners are understanding, is this an online uh, online course? Um, maybe you can explain that portion of it. So the, the Seen and Think six-week accelerated program is 100% online. And okay. the reason why I brought it online is so people can do it in the comfort of their own home. Because letting go is not something you can easily in the workplace. Right. It's an emotional process. And a lot of us have a lot of baggage. There's no doubt that. And my male clients do this as well. They do this letting go process. Because this is the beginning of feeling freedom. It's the mm-hmm. beginning of understanding flow. And it's the beginning to see things differently. Because when you're holding on and you don't realize that you're holding on, you see life differently. But once it's released and emotionally, energetically, and spiritually released, which, by Mm -hmm. the way, almost every spiritual leader that we hear talk in church or at synagogue or online, they all talk, oh, you just got to let it go. But they don't tell you how to do it. In my process, I teach you right from the get-go how to let go of things so you can move on. Because you can't move on just by thinking you're done with it, because emotionally mm-hmm. you must release. And so that's really what I help people do is connect their head and their heart on this online program. And I'm super, I think it's the best work yet that I've done. It is 100% oh, my entire heart is in this program, and I believe in it so much. Well, I can tell. I, I just might jump in and, and on February 1st. I know I could... I and my listeners could really benefit from an exercise like that. And so it's six weeks. 
Um, I know that you've provided your online information, so I'm hoping that a lot of our listeners get online and and help um, you know with the program to let go of their baggage. You mentioned selfish has a bad rap, and so this is part of it. I think a lot of us, is, especially females, you know, we're taking care of other people most of our lives. And then, so what you're saying is being a little selfish at this point, focusing on yourself, letting go, going through a program like this can sort of open up windows. Absolutely. And if it's okay, I'd like to give two tips for your listeners on how they can begin to go into inquiry and ask themselves a question to see if it's aligned with them. It's just to one simple question, am I listening to my needs? And two, is this in my highest good? And when you're in your highest good, you're everybody's highest You have to question mm-hmm. that. Some people have a hard time just really letting go of the guilt and just say, hey, this is good for me. When you start to take care of yourself and nurture yourself, you have friendships, your coworkers, all those relationships may begin to change. They'll change. And right. you need to be okay because you're actually raising your vibration. And so listeners do those two things and just ask themselves, they'll get grounded in who they really are. Right. That sounds absolutely terrific. I'm looking forward to it myself. I've I've had um, so much fun talking to you. I've learned so much. You're such an inspiration. Thank you so much for being on the show, Suzanne. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from your listeners. Being in sync is where it's at, folks. (laughs) Yay! No, I agree. And ladies, I'm so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests. And I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of the ages. I'll talk to you again soon. And in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. And I also want to thank, um, give thanks to Julie Tabazon for all the help today behind the scenes. Thank you so much, Julie, and thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. Olive Crest is a local nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing child abuse, treating and educating at-risk children, and preserving the family one life at a time. For 40 years, Olive Crest has provided safe, loving homes to at-risk youth throughout Southern California, Nevada, and the Pacific Northwest. There are many ways you can help, including volunteering or becoming a foster parent. Go to www.olivecrest.org or call 1-800-550-CHILD to learn more. That's 1-800-550-CHILD. Call today. You've been listening to the Tal Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.talljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice.